San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning, San Antonio! And welcome into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 1033 FM. I am James Pledger. I am joined by my guy Jack Thompson. How you doing, brother? Doing just fine, man. It's going to be a good day. It is going to be a good day. It is going to be a historic day as the Final Four is here. Of course, everybody's waiting for that Villanova-Kansas game. I jest. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about Duke-UNC tonight. Man, this game feels different. Yeah. Like it just feels different, and I've I've felt a lot of Carolina Duke games growing up. A fan of Duke as a kid, mm-hmm. I felt you know whether it was talk about teams with Eric Montross or Psycho T or like there were some great Duke Carolina rivalries throughout, but this is the first time they are ever meeting in a tournament. It is the last season, possibly last game ever for Coach K, and it is a Final Four. Like, this hits different. This just slaps tonight. Oh, yeah. It's going to be an incredible game, man. I'm so, so overexcited to watch this. And just, like, the fact that it's Duke and UNC's first time ever also meeting in the tournament, and it's Coach K's last year, and it's the Final Four. It's just incredible. It's just different. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's got a whole vibe to it tonight, and I am stoked. I am as stoked for the Final Four as I think I've been in years. Probably I haven't been this excited about a Final Four since Texas was in it, back with TJ Ford. Mm-hmm. Like That's probably the last time I was this excited about a Final Four. Yeah, this... This is the game of the tournament. I mean, this game will probably have equal viewing to the national championship game. Like, maybe even better, to be honest. Yes, I think this possibly will, because people are going to view this kind of almost as the de facto national championship game. It's going to be awesome. The Spurs, and I know you just did a Locked On Spurs the other day with Mm -hmm. Jeff Garcia. They back in the play-in, baby. We are indeed back they, they in are the play-in. They're not just back in it. They are back in it, and they have separated themselves yeah, a little bit. We got from a the full Lakers. game from the Lakers now, so looks like we're in it. And they they're looking they, every time I look. I think they started the game up twenty. I think it was twenty to nothing at tip off, mm-hmm. and it just remained a twenty yeah, point game like the entirety of it. Straight up punked. The Blazers, but and you get them again. Looking at the Blazers, <laughs> that's the worst roster I've ever seen. Oh, no love for Keon, dude. <laughs> they have no one. It's literally all role players and bench warmers. There's no secondary stars. There's no one. No love for Drew Eubanks, dude. <laughs> this take a look at the roster. It's 
It's terrible. It's truly, truly terrible. They understand the assignment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about knowing the assignment. They definitely understand what the assignment is right now. The NBA as a whole, the playoff picture is fun down the stretch right now. Oh, you, yeah. You have the Warriors who just jumped back into third. But Steph is going to be out for a while. You've got Memphis that looks like... 20-2 and two without jaw. They look like a legit team yeah. to threaten in the Western Conference. No, you're not lying. And I wouldn't have said that earlier when talking about this team, especially without John Morant, and they have to face the Phoenix Suns, who mm -hmm. also look really good. Yeah, I mean, but they beat the Suns just yesterday, right? Isn't that who they played? Man, I don't know. The, the, with Jaw, that team looks like they could absolutely threaten the Western Conference. Uh, they've gone 20-2 and two without him, which is freaking amazing. Even on that team, they really don't have any secondary like stars. Dylan Brooks would probably be their second-best player. Yeah. He's averaging about 18-plus a game, so he's definitely super solid. But Love me some uh, Dylan Brooks. Love me some Desmond Bain. Bain love yep. me some Triple J. Oh, yeah. Love, love Triple J. He's Jerry so Jackson good. Jr. is a baller. Leading the league in blocks, too. This, it doesn't feel like a great roster outside of Jean Morant, but they are just solid. And... Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm looking at a future iteration of the Spurs when I look at them. Hopefully so, man. Does it not feel like it in a way? Like a bunch of solid dudes surrounding one person, yeah. and they're just really, really good. Like no superstars outside of John Morant anywhere on that team. Yeah. No all-stars on this team outside of DeJounte Murray, but... You really like what you're starting to see out of Lonnie Walker. You really like what you're. You really love what Keldon's developing into right now. He's finally taking that jump. I think we all thought he was going to take. Yeah. This year, absolutely. And here in the latter part of the season, he has turned it on. And there's just a bunch of pieces that you feel good about on this team. Mm -hmm. If we're going to be honest, like Yak is a is a good big. He's yeah. not a great big. He's a good big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot to like on this team. So yeah. you kind of feel like it's one piece away. <laughs> it's just one piece away. One and piece. Primo. Primo looked good last night. He looked good last night. Yeah. And we knew this. He was extremely young. He reclassified to get to college a year early. Mm -hmm. And so he's technically should be a freshman in college right now. Yeah. And he's playing in the league. Playing in the league. 31 minutes last night. 13 points. Four assists, three rebounds, one steal, plus four on the sheet. Devin Vassell's a solid guy. Yeah. Like, you feel good about it. And then you look over to the Eastern Conference, and ho, 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 that conference is going to be fun in the playoffs, yeah. man. That conference is going to be legit fun when I look at it. Four but games separate the one seed and the sixth seed. Yes. <laughs> Two and a half games separate the one and the three. Like, this thing is so bunched and could end anywhere between now and yeah. the end of the year. It is so awesome. The Celtics got a tear, but fighting Texas A&M Aggie, Robert Williams suffers a Time knee injury. Lord. Oh, God. 
That's big timing. Time. Timing of that. He's the best defensive big in the NBA, and it's not close. Yeah, he can switch one through five. Elite rim protector. Yeah, he's Robert Williams has been great for the season. For them to lose him, it's going to be tough. I mean, I think and those... you hope they can get him back in time because there is the possibility they can get him back in time for the postseason. Yeah, I think they would have to go probably the first round without him. But I mean, as the Celtics sit right now. They would be playing the Nets. God, that's no. just a team you don't want to see in the first round. Especially now that the mandate's been lifted. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's insane because you look at this. Chicago's been great most of the year. We've talked about DeMar at length. 50-burger for DeMar. Another 50-burger the other night. Like The Eastern Conference... I think is going to be so much more must-watch. And then, of course, it looks like the Bucks have flipped that switch. Yep. Giannis has just been on a tear recently, man. What, he, what he's done to the Nets, to the Sixers, and to the Heat, like in almost consecutive games, it feels like. I mean, he's been playing upper echelon teams one after the other after the other and had the embarrassment of Joel Embiid plus the block to win the mm-hmm. game. Like Giannis is playing at a different level right now. Again, yeah. he's a, he has elevated. It felt like they were kind of coasting through the regular season and they're starting to turn it on. Yeah, they have really really hit the gas as of late. I mean, we saw Giannis, he went for a 44 the other night. He's pulling up for threes, hitting his free throws. Hit his free throws, hit a three to send the game to overtime yeah. the other night. If he's going to start hitting threes, shut it down, game over, like the league Honestly, is Honestly, Giannis is the best player in the – I don't know about best, but he's the most dominant player in the NBA right now. I saw this from Nick Wright, and I can't not agree with what he said. He tweeted out, man, it really sucks for Kevin Durant. His entire career – he was number two to LeBron James. Mm-hmm. He was number two in the draft. And when it's finally his time to take over the league as LeBron's kind of you know, getting up there in age and, and it's time for KD to take the spotlight and run with it, Giannis comes out of nowhere to be the best player on the planet. Yeah. Making Kevin Durant once again number two. He's been number two his whole life, it feels like. Yeah, I mean... That's just kind of how the league works, and he's also getting up there in age. He's mm-hmm. had some serious injury problems, and Giannis is built like a freaking tank, so that man never gets hurt. So. It's just weird, because I never thought about his career in that perspective yeah, in the true. NBA. Number two draft pick, number two player uh, as best player on the planet behind LeBron, and then all of a sudden, when it's his time, number two to Giannis, who comes out of nowhere. Yep. Just insane way to think about that. Plus, NFL free agency, it has been insane. I love <laughs> yes. this time of year. It's been awesome. We talked about Tyreek Hill last week and that crazy trade. Well, Michael Irvin does not seem to be happy about what has gone on with Dallas. Yeah. And I want to get your thoughts about what's going on in Dallas, knowing that the draft is still to come. Mm-hmm. We do have the draft about a month away now. 
<laughs> which is a little less than a month away, actually. <laughs> it's the end of this month, so yep. it's so much, so much going on in the NFL. How they continually steal headlines during some of the biggest moments of the basketball season is beyond me. Mm-hmm. Like, they figured out a way. And this team, or this league, just has a 24-7 news cycle. It's incredible. The Cowboys lose out on Bobby Wagner. Sadly. He gets the bag. And he gets to go home, in a sense. He's staying in the NFC West. And he's from Los Angeles, California. And he signs with the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. Can't blame him. He got the bag, too. He got the bag. He gets to go to home. And he's playing for a legit Super Bowl contender. It's going to be interesting because Caesar Sportsbook released their opening uh, lines for the NFL season on teams. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting what Vegas thinks about the Cowboys versus kind of what we've... We feel like the sky is falling with them. Mm -hmm. Vegas doesn't feel like the sky is falling when they set a line like that. It's really interesting. We're going to get into it here in a little bit here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 1033 FM. Also, Bruce Arians kind of abruptly gets up and retires out of nowhere. (laughs) That was wild, man. (laughs) I'm, I'm still a little bit shook by it. But then I hear about these seeds and like the the reason Tom Brady came out of retirement was this is part of it, like Arians stepping away. And I didn't, wasn't aware of the rift between them. I wasn't either. But there is a big media groundswell talking about this rift between the two of them, mm-hmm. and we'll dig into that a little bit. As we get into the Saturday morning hangover, it's no fun if you're not involved. Hit us up on YouTube. You can always watch us there, like Lamar Holtz and Jonathan C. did. Of course, we're going to be here till noon because the post-up is back. No more basketball button into us, but we will have basketball for you today here on San Antonio Sports Star. That's right, the final four games, both. Villanova versus Kansas and Duke UNC. We're going to have them both for you right here on San Antonio Sports Star. It all starts at 5 o'clock this afternoon. When we come back, though, the Spurs, are they now a lock for the play-in tournament? Jack and I will discuss coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. Jack and I are running it till noon Oh yeah, for both the post-up and the Saturday Morning Hangover. When we left, we were talking about the San Antonio Spurs who have moved into the 10th seed out west and have put in some, some space between them now mm-hmm. as even LeBron and AD can't save them from sucking. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> As you saw, the Pelicans kind of put that game to bed last night with the reinforcements coming. Did that solidify your thought of this team's in the play-in? Like, there's yeah. no way they're out right now. It's Yeah, basically, I mean, it's going to come down to the last four games, I think, really for us. I'm, the Lakers' schedule is much tougher through the rest of the game, but we've got six games left. We've got the Pelicans again next to put more space between us. 
But we do have the Mavs, mm-hmm. the Jazz. Who may not be playing for anything. Yeah, I mean, they could be sitting guys down the stretch for sure. But our last four games are tough. We've got the Mavs, the Nuggets, uh, the Jazz, I believe, mm-hmm. and the Timberwolves. I don't know. It's four tough games in our last four. Yeah. But it's going to come down to those. But if we win the next two and get two full games ahead of them, it's it's all wrapped up. And we're, we're looking – It's I would say it's like 75 80% right now that – we're sitting in the play on the playing as we sit. So, I mean, it is what it is. I wanted that higher lottery pick for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that team that's, you know, sitting at 12, 13, 14 every year, just yeah. scraping by, getting in the playoffs, but not doing really anything with it. Does this team need this kind of experience? Because it, it, I will tell you this it does feel nice to actually have games that matter at the end of the season that means something. Uh, yeah, It's I, been a while. I definitely I enjoy the meaning of the games and the guys going out there and taking care of business, but the experience doesn't matter for anything unless I say we win that first game. In and the we, play-in. In the play-in, and we make the second one. Because I feel like one game, it's not really... I don't see much meaningful experience out of just one game. I, it's hard to quantify yeah. what it means, mm-hmm. but you saw with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. It meant a lot for them to be in the position to make the playoffs, to make the play when mm-hmm. they were in the bubble. Yeah, like you... Just having the opportunity, being in the bubble, and doing what they did, it felt like it helped to propel them forward. You definitely... Have to, uh, Chris, of course, Chris Paul helped propel the board too, but mm-hmm. it, it felt like the rest of that young team took a big step in the bubble. Yeah, you've got to take your baby steps and sort of prove that you belong, and there's something to that for sure. But I think, you know, in the long run, if we had gotten that higher lottery pick with more of a percentage to even go higher than what we're sitting at. I think that would have helped the team more in the long run than this baby step that we could potentially take in the play-in. But, you know, I'm also a die-hard Spurs fan, and I love to see my team win. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a double-edged sword for sure. It is. And at this point, I don't think there's enough reason to not just go all in and yeah. try and not just make the play-in, but make the playoff. Because I do feel in a 9-10 matchup, and we've seen it, mm-hmm. they can beat the Pelicans. They can beat the Pelicans in New Orleans. We've seen that. But the Pelicans now have B.I. They do. Brandon, Brandon Ingram, Ingram is, is back there. and balling. So that makes it a little bit tougher. And C.J. McCollum is already a world-renowned Spurs killer. Sure. Yeah, so... It's going to be tough. Even if we make the play-in, it's yeah. going to be tough to beat. I didn't say it was yeah. going to be easy, but I do feel that they can, A, win a game. Yeah, I think we and can win. To to say in a one-off against either Minnesota or the Clippers that the Spurs... I've seen them battle the Clippers this year and take them down into the... I was at a game where they took them down to the final minute. So, I, I don't see it out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. But even just getting in and getting these guys that have zero to 
minimal playoff experience. Yeah. I think it means a lot. I mean, the only ones that have meaningful playoff experience are DeJounte, Jakob, and Josh Richardson. Richardson. Those That's are it. the only three on the team. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely good for the young guys to get a taste of that one-and-done, like, we have to go out and take care of business in this game. But I just think the addition of a lottery guy a potential superstar that we could get in that top 10 would be more beneficial down the road than just the playing tournament. So Johnny Davis and Jaden Ivey both declared for the NBA draft the other day. Yes, sir. And I'm looking at this and I don't expect Jaden to be there. Obviously no, Jaden's top could, five. Yeah. He's top four. He could be, he could honestly, Jump Chet. Yeah, he could jump any of the th- any of the three. I think Paolo may have cemented himself one. Yeah, with this tournament run, I think so too. Yeah, it, it's what everybody expected to see out of him all year long because he spent most of the year deferring. Mm-hmm. And in the tournament, we've seen him take over take games like over. Yes, and he's been phenomenal. That's what a lot of people have been wanting to see out of yeah. him. So it was nice to see that, but I look at it. Yeah, I could see him going two, three, four. Yeah, I've seen. I've even seen a mock draft with Jaden Ivey going one. I don't think that's going to happen. But still, like he has firmly cemented himself in that top four. No, he will not. Jaden Ivey will not fall past four. But Johnny Davis Mm -hmm. is a name you could see. sliding to the back half of the top ten. And I think the only thing that uh, causes Jaden Ivey to slip is he doesn't have that above the rim mm-hmm. type game. He's an expert ne- scorer. Neither does Luka Doncic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, but that's Luka's a whole different animal. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean above the rim. While it's, it's nice and yeah, fun, but that's I think that's what propels Jaden Ivey above Johnny Davis is just the sheer explosiveness. Mm-hmm. I've n- honestly never seen. A quicker player than Jaden Ivey. Mm-hmm. Quicker, that down-the-court speed. I think the last player that I remember like that would be De'Aaron Fox, who just could get the ball off the rebound and literally beat everybody down court while dribbling and score. It's pretty incredible. So where the Spurs would be picking, what do you see in that range? I mean, there's definitely some good guys we can still get. Because we're course, talking about 9 to 12 at this point. Yeah, they're not the game changers that we could potentially snag before that. For me, top on my list, and it's you know a wish and a prayer that he fell this far, mm-hmm. I still love Benedict Matherin. That guy oozes NBA stardom to me. He's, he looks like a bigger Donovan Mitchell. He's hyper, hyper athletic. Super strong, really put a lot of work into his, you know, three ball. And just to see what he did against, um, who was it, where he had 30 points against TCU and sent them into overtime, got the 30 burger, and then finished the game out with like six or eight points just in overtime. I mean, that guy, he's something else. So if, if Benedict Matherin somehow falls there, you snag him. After that, it's kind of just who you like best. And Johnny Davis could be there, and I'd be happy with Johnny Davis. I think he can be... Another guard. Yeah, I mean, 
I think he can be a very good player. And like we always say, you don't draft for for need need that high. You draft for lottery ticket. And Johnny Davis, I mean, he is an expert scorer. He knows where his spots are. He's lethal in the mid-range. Spurs love that kind of stuff. So (laughs) I would not be surprised if Johnny Davis was there. We snag him. Outside of that, there's kind of three guys on my radar at that 9 to 12 area. Um, Jalen Duran, if he fell there, I think. So Duran. Duran. So we've got uh, Matherin. Matherin, Davis. Davis, Jalen Duran, who the big from Memphis. Memphis. It was the number one overall prospect Mm -hmm. at one point. Yeah, he's baby Dwight Howard. That's the best way to sum him up. Chiseled from granite. Super athletic. Great rim protector. Immediate lob threat, six eleven, like two fifty. He's a monster, and he shows. And he gives you touch. the size that you need. Yeah, he sh- gives you the size, and he shows you know like he could learn to shoot a little bit. Not, maybe not from three, but you know that mid range. It looks like he'll be able to get that touchdown, and he can switch it out. Mm-hmm. He can guard multiple positions. Yeah. Uh, another two other guys I like. Uh, Mark Williams from Duke has catapulted himself up in the rankings. Uh, through his playoff run, I mean that's a guy's a, a double double threat every game, seven one with like a seven foot eight wingspan, super athletic. Another guy, immediate lob threat, great rim protector, and you know big enough to bang and run with the big bigs and the small bigs that play in the league. So I like Mark Williams a lot, and after him, I really like uh, Jeremy Sohan from Baylor. He's kind of a point forward type guy. 6'9", can grab the ball off the board and take it up court. He can shoot threes. Who? He can Jeremy Sh- 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 So Sohan so oh, from oh, Baylor. Oh, yeah, yeah, Baylor. Show yeah. Got you. I like him a lot. He'll be, you know, be drafted in that, you know, outside of the lottery. That would be more if we I've fell. I've heard it multiple ways. I've heard it sh- Shohan. I've Shohan. heard it Shane. I think it's Shohan. It's spelled S-O-C-H-A-N. He's a, you know, he's a kind of an international guy, another, you know, flavor that the Spurs First like. love. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeremy Shohan, Mark Williams, Jalen Duran, those are kind of if we are in that 10 to 12 range. Mm-hmm. If we do fall in, you know, that 8 to 9, then I'm looking at Benny Matherin, maybe Johnny Davis. But those are the the six that I look at in that that back end of the lottery. He is Jack Thompson. You can follow him on Twitter at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. You can reach out to us on the Kielbasa Bacon phone line 656 ESPN. That is 210-656-3776. Or just continue to comment along on our Facebook and YouTube pages, much like Esteban Ramon, who says... Interesting set, Mavs, Suns, Grizz, all teams near the top of the West now. Look where they have drafted. Each one of those teams has had a top five pick. It's what it takes, man. It's not rocket science. It's You need to get the stars. You can't do it this yeah. year. No, we've, we haven't done it, so we must rely on finding the gems and bringing in free agents. But to be fair, while DeAndre Ayton, a number one overall pick, and an interesting piece to that stat. Mm-hmm. They did their work at the back end of that lottery with Devin Booker at 11. 
Yeah. And Michael Bridges. Michael Bridges, who was 13th, I believe. Yeah, he was the right at the end of the lottery, but he was originally a Phoenix or not a Philly 76er. So, yeah. And, and they traded, traded yeah, yeah. The tech kid, can't but, remember his name. He's not even in the league. <laughs> I, while that is an interesting stat, Esteban, and there is something to say about having that top pick, they did their work. They found their true stars later in the lottery. Yeah, I mean, Devin Booker is kind of an anomaly. Sure. I'm not saying it's easy yeah. <laughs> to find a Kawhi or a Booker or, you know, it's a yeah. lot easier to go find a Luka at the top yeah. than it is uh, a, a mm-hmm. Booker at yeah. 12. <laughs> it just is. But, it, you know, Johnny Davis, there's some, falls, Devin, there's some Devin Booker in Johnny Davis's game. I get it. Yeah. And I, st- I know exactly what you're talking about when I watch him play. He's just a guy that seems to know how to score. He just knows the game, yeah. Knows his spots, knows the game. He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover. Coming up, NFL free agency continues. The Texans actually made a move yesterday. The Cowboys still have not. And plus, we're going to pay our respects and talk about some of our favorite moments of what is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and oh. the man Manu Ginobili. That's I all love, coming up right here on the Saturday morning hangover. Oh, he is the heart of the San Antonio Spurs. I love Spurs. that man. I I truly believe that he is the heart of the San Antonio Spurs mm-hmm. and the San Antonio Spurs fan base. We'll talk about it coming up right here on the Saturday morning hangover. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM twelve fifty and one zero three three FM. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I am James Pledger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. We are your hangover without the headache. Jack, the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. have been very quiet yeah. during free agency. Is that the best way to put it? Yeah, I would say so. Um, Michael Irvin on the NFL Network has not seemed to approve of what the Joneses have done this offseason. There's no way you can say this team is better. It's what area are you trying to get better in? On the football field or in the financial salary cap area? What area has been the dominant thought here? And obviously, it's been the salary cap. So we can't say that they're getting any better on the football field. Playmaker coming out strong against the Cowboys mm-hmm. and their inactivity during free agency. Mainly just signing their own. They re-signed Leighton Vander Esch. They managed to bring back uh, Malik Hooker. Jaron Curse. Dorrance Armstrong. Mm-hmm. They tried to bring back Randy Gregory. But they haven't really stepped out of kind of bringing in their own their mm-hmm. own guys, yeah. right? Uh, mm-hmm. They went and signed to James Washington. That's about the biggest thing they've done. Which I think I was like a James great Washington. Snag, especially because like now we saw Mike Gallup is probably going to miss at least the first and second game of the season. Mm-hmm. So maybe the first three weeks. Yeah. Where do you 
sit temperature wise on the Dallas Cowboys after I mean I'm free not, agency. I'm not as down on it as everyone seems to be. Of course, I would have liked them, you know, to go get a big name to plug somewhere like a Bobby Wagner or you know, just one of those big names and there's still some out there and there's still, you know, money to be thrown around for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. but and there's still like we said last week some good names yeah. still out there available for yeah. the Cowboys to add, whether it's on the offensive line mm-hmm. or the defensive line. Like There are a bunch of places where they can go yeah. and address the need. I think they're waiting on There's... the right price to uh-huh. to present itself yeah. with these players. Yeah, and I feel like if we could go get uh, you know, J.C. Setter and Stephon Gilmore, everyone shuts up immediately. Mm-hmm. And we've plugged the holes. We've got the offensive lineman. We got a defensive back, and I think that would be absolutely perfect for us. And he'd be whether it's Gilmore or even Joe Hayden, mm-hmm. who is also a free agent. Like those are guys that you can plug alongside Trayvon Diggs and feel really good after bringing back both Jaron Curse and Malik Hooker. Yeah, about your secondary. Yeah. Exactly. You could feel really good. Or if we went and got Tyron Matthew too, I would love to get him. I saw I saw something on Twitter about him. I don't think Honey Badger's price is coming down. That's the reason he's not, not in yeah, Kansas City. Probably not. He's looking for a certain number, mm-hmm. not a certain team. Yeah, and that just feels like where he's hung his his hat. Yeah. Now, as down as everybody feels about the Cowboys offseason to this point, I will say this. Vegas not down on them. Yeah. They have the second best win-loss total according to Caesar Sportsbook as they open things up. At the top, you have both the Bills and the Buccaneers at 11.5. Weak conference, best teams. Makes sense. Weak conference, best teams, and, you know, only one coaching change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It's just, it's weird, man. The, the whole storyline is going to be interesting this year. It's going to be fun to follow. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something there. I'm not quite sure what it is. Yeah. But there's something there mm-hmm. bubbling under the surface. I agree. <laughs> but the Dallas Cowboys, along with the Kansas City Chiefs, had the second, and, and the Los Angeles Rams have the second best win total at 10.5. Some of that comes from. Weak conference. They think we're just going to beat the crap out of our conference, which, you know, we probably will. So, but yeah, I mean, 10 and a half, Vegas usually seems to know best. They don't lay down their lines without doing their due diligence. So, so Vegas always knows, Cowboy fans. So, they have a pretty strong feeling when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys right now. The Houston Texans did make a move the other day in free agency. They've also been doing some low, small signings, Mm -hmm. re-signing their own. They've been kind of doing the Cowboy method. But they went out and signed a division rival running back in Marlon Mack, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, a move that I low-key really, really like for Houston. Yeah, before Marlon... Tore his ACL up, I want to say, like, three, three, four seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And the addition of Jonathan Taylor, who's taken the league by storm. That was the year that he tore it. Yeah. Was the year that they drafted Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Marlon Mack was a beast. 
He's a good running back. Can catch the ball, runs with a lot of power, got some breakaway speed. Had over 900 yards his first year and 1,091 his second year before tearing his ACL, or, or sorry, his Achilles. Oh, it was his Achilles. It was his Achilles mm. in the 2020 season yes. opener. Um, and that's when Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. took over and yeah. never relinquished the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good signing. Mac is a solid back who has had, and now he's a couple years removed from mm-hmm. that Achilles injury. We saw Cam Akers come back in, what yeah, was it, five, five months time. from it. So he's had a full season to kind of heal on it. He was used sparingly last season, and you add him to a depth chart that includes Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman, and Scotty Phillips. Yeah. I think that's a because I do like what I saw out of Burkhead towards the end of the year. Yeah, so he was he, exploding. <laughs> he he earned his contract extension with the Texans, but I think a one-two uh, backfield of Burkhead and Mac. Yeah, that's a nice solid to where I don't think you have to address running back as early as I thought you had to anymore, if no. at all. Yeah, I think I would like to add a young running a young back one? in the yeah. draft, but it's not imperative anymore. No, it's definitely not. I mean, Marlon Mack's last full season, he had a thousand yard rushing, so it's definitely good. He's only been in the league five years. Five years, still a young guy, and I mean, he tore his Achilles, but with. That happening, We've he seen, took two seasons, <laughs> two seasons of miles off of his legs. Yes. So, and I, I always, I don't look at twenty six anymore. I look at how much have you been yeah, used. I it's look your at mileage. I look at your mileage mm-hmm. as the odometer, not your age anymore. Because yeah. I truly believe that you see it with a lot of backs, and I think Derek Henry, like we're gonna see a fall at some point with him because he. He takes a pounding, yes, and he is the focal point of mm-hmm. that offense. Yeah. So I think there is a cliff for Derrick Henry coming at some point, and maybe that's what the Texans are kind of waiting on. Like they slowly building this team up to yeah. kind of capitalize because now you've got Matt Ryan leading the Colts. Mm-hmm. Don't know how much is left in that arm. Uh, the older he's gotten, mm-hmm. and the Titans are centered. Around Derrick Henry for the most part. Yeah. When he falls off, that division's up for the taking. Yeah, yeah. And both the Jaguars and Texans could be laying in wait for that moment. And Loki, I really like what the Jacksonville Jaguars have done this offseason. I like their head coaching hire. Well, they were immediately a hundred times better once they, they got right. Yeah, once they got. Did you see his comment the other day on that podcast? Yes. Or. He was just throwing shots at everyone. Inadequate, like, teammates. Who's this 99 guy on the Rams? He's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) That guy, I don't know. Urban Meyer, You think we should game plan for this guy? This seems pretty good, this 99 on the Rams. That guy, yeah. I don't know what's up with him. He needs to sit back and reevaluate his life, man. I think he needs to go back into the TV booth. I yeah. think that's. I don't know if anyone even wants him in the TV booth after all of last year. He might Someone have to sit will. a couple years out. Maybe, but I think Fox will take him back. It's not like their pregame show is great anyway. Yeah, I don't watch the Fox <laughs> pregame anyway. So it's Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, and Urban Meyer. Yeah. So it is what it is. Um, yeah, but I look at I look at the win losses mm-hmm. and. 
of all these teams, and there are a couple of shockers. Now, the Texans are projected, along with the Jets, as the lowest win total at four and a half. So, there is that. <laughs> hey, get back up in that lottery, baby. Get you some, some CJ Stroud or some, uh, what's hey. his name from Alabama? Bryce? Bryce, Bryce Young. Ooh, yeah, you get one of them. I'm good. You're turning around quick. Boom. Yep. And you got two picks this year in the first, two in the third, two in the fourth. Like you, That's nice. Your draft's set for a little bit. Yeah. And I'm okay with trading back out of three or and 13. Like, just mm-hmm. acquire multiple picks. I don't care. Because there's a lot of holes on that roster. Yeah, keep bolstering it. Uh, interestingly enough, I look at the NFC North, and it's not the Browns, and it's not the Bengals at the top of it. It is Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. They they're all hovering around nine and a half to ten wins. Mm-hmm. Steelers only at seven and a half. Well, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky isn't gonna do anything for them. You don't think so? I mean, he'll be adequate, but I don't think he propels them much further. I think maybe. I, I mean, think he's better because remember he was the number two overall pick in the draft the same year that Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes came out. I just, the Bears will be that ruining there. that day for a century to come. <laughs> but there's a reason that he went as high as he did. Yeah, like, he There's a... obviously people that really like what they saw out of Mitchell Trubisky, right? Yeah. You bring him in. You put a line in front of him. Mm-hmm. You've got a great running back in Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. You've got Chase Claypool. You've got Deontay, Deontay Johnson. you got Fryermuth. you got got uh, Pat Fryermuth, exactly. You've got... A defense that is really good, led mm-hmm. by T.J. Watt and uh, yeah. Cam Hayward and uh, Mika Fitzpatrick Mika, on the back oh, end. He's so good. I love Mika Fitzpatrick. He's so good. He is, he is, in my opinion, the best safety in football right yeah, now. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I love him. And who's the safety for the Bills? Oh, are you talking about Poyer? Yes. Oh, I like him a lot, too. Yeah. The guy's a dog. Yeah, Jordan Poyer's awesome. Yeah. But I, they have a lot of pieces, and Big Ben, immobile, yeah, could not move <laughs> the pocket, the least. and his arm was questionable late, right? In his <laughs> oh, career. yeah. I think you've got a, a guy who, if you put him in the right situation, mm-hmm. I think this could be a really good Pittsburgh team. So 7.5 on the Steelers feels kind of low to where if I am laying some money, and I'm looking at value... Seven and a half on the Steelers feels like value. Yeah, I mean, you could, I could see nine at the highest, probably. Nine I don't think they get, yeah, I don't think they go double digit wins, but they could squeak out nine. I think if all things fall right, they're all right. Now, despite all the additions the Raiders made, they are sitting at eight and a half. No love for the, no love, for the Las Vegas think, Raiders. Give me the Raiders over the Broncos. I think the Raiders will be better than the Broncos. You are you're either really really high on the Devontae Adams Derek Carr connection. Well, I've been telling you for a while. Yeah. I like Derek Carr. I do too. Yeah. Or you're really really low on Russell Wilson. It's not that. It's I think the teams as a whole Because we thought that that team is set to win. They just need a quarterback. Yeah, I they think, now have a quarterback. I just think the Raiders also, with the addition of, um, who's the the edge that they got? Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. Chandler Jones and Crosby on the edge. Yep. That's, oh, 
horrible. Like that's scary. And, and that's Jacobs. Too... Jacobs behind. Mm-hmm. You've got Jacobs behind Derek Carr mm-hmm. with Devontae Adams mm-hmm. and Darren Waller and Waller. The only thing so that I that sets the maybe the Broncos ahead of them is their defense is on the back end past the line. Simmons is and... better. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't even tell you anyone off the defensive line on the Raiders. To be honest, outside of Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, no, like oh in, behind, yeah, them. behind them backers, you know, defensive backs, um, Mississippi State safety. I don't know. Oh, God. It'll come to me. It's like John Abrams. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Abrams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. He's a run. Yeah, he's a run stopper defensive back. Yeah. He hits hard really hard. Yeah. I like he him. Does. Yeah. <laughs> um, just in case you were wondering, the Tyreek Hill move did not completely put the Chiefs at the bottom of the league. <laughs> They're still projected to win the AFC West with 10.5. I think the Chargers win the AFC West. You do? Yeah. The addition of J.C. Jackson. And Khalil Mack sets them apart. Derwin James. Derwin James. Asante Samuel. Yeah, that secondary, first of all, is scary. And then you've got Khalil Mack and uh, Bosa coming at you off the edges. That's freaking awesome. That's a lot. (laughs) That is a lot. But again, like we always say, I think this team is as good as long as Eckler stays healthy. Once he falls... They always did. You trust them to stay healthy for a hey, second I dra- straight year? I drafted them last year. You stayed healthy for me all year. So, May- Do you I trust mean- them to stay so- healthy for two? Two consecutive years? Yeah. Okay. I do. And I think uh, Herbert continues to take steps forward. Because if we look at his career as a whole, mm-hmm. last year was the anomaly. It was. <laughs> but it's just like we talk about with Leighton Vanderish. What have you done for me lately? Well, last he year, he played all the games, so I have faith in him to play all the games again. Speaking of playing all the games, Bobby Wagner. Oh, Bobby. Cowboys miss out on him. Me and my it would have only cost them Bobby $10 million a year. The Bobby Yaga. The bo- boogeyman. <laughs> Man, when you finish with 180 tackles on the season, yeah. that's, that's some boogeyman type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to make more of a difference than Vaughn Miller did. I can see that. He will. Because he rushes the quarterback very well from that linebacker position. And, and he's great in coverage. Great in coverage, yeah. Exactly. I think he helps them even more. And then the addition of Allen Robinson is going to pay incredible dividends for them. I, Allen Robinson is one of my favorite receivers in the league. And people just forgot about him because he's had slaps thrown in the ball for mm-hmm. the past four years. So I think he's going to wake up and all that coverage that's going to go towards Cooper Cup after his incredible season, Allen Robinson is going to wake some people back up. He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday Morning Hangover. When we come back, we'll take some of your calls, including Drew from the Woodlands, who's going to join us. That's all coming up right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM.
You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover. We are your hangover without the headache right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I'm James Pledger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson. Yeah, Don't yeah. forget, we are taking you all the way up to the post-up coming up at 11 o'clock when we're done here. Start talking all things hoops, culture, and of course, the kicks as I'm wearing my pines today. And there are some beautiful kicks oh, in yeah. this week's Out of Bounds segment. Oh, yeah. It's summertime's coming around. It's shoe season. Start Time to start stunting on people with this beautiful weather. So by the, the shoes way, are coming out. The big news this week, the fact that Kobe is back home. Oh, dude. I shed a little tear when that happened, to be honest. I was so excited to show you that news when I saw it come oh, across. Oh, my God. That was, that's beautiful. And I know that NBA players are ecstatic because there has been favorites. There had been a Kobe shoe shortage in the league. Players have st- like a lot of players have stopped giving out their game day shoes because it's so hard to get Kobe's now mm-hmm. that they've just been keeping them. Of course, it's always fun when you're a part of the conversation. Six five six ESPN six five six three seven seven six. Drew in the Woodlands dialed him. Drew, how you doing this morning? Hey man, it's a. It, I think it's a. It's a soft world we're living in. We. I just had this discussion, and I go, "This is so soft." Uh, that my perception of the world is so 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 not so soft as you guys. You, you guys think I just pointed out that that the greatest guy in the softest era of the NFL, which it is, it's the softest era in the NFL, right? Facts. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Brady, fake retired. And a, and a diva move that that's hardly getting any traction because of the soft world we live in. To get rid of a head coach he didn't get along with because he blamed him for not going to the Super Bowl this year and and ruined his leg. So now he's basically he's he's a he's a de facto head coach, player coach of Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm saying, after pulling a diva move like this, that if his team goes five and and, and twelve or ten and whatever. It's it's a disaster that his legacy needs to get blown up. And you throw in my face that Brett Favre, even though he came back after Bounty Gate, literal Bounty Gate, where they conspired to destroy his body, and he almost got to the Super Bowl after going through a Bounty Gate championship game, even though he came back next year and was destroyed, his body was destroyed and retired, that that's the same thing. Because Brett Favre had some retirement issues with with Green Bay, it's not even the same thing. It's not the same guy. And you guys all believe in your little draft picks, like your your picking thing. Oh, this is going to fix my team. Even though year after year, top ten top draft picks don't do anything in the, in the NBA. Karyasi Towns did nothing until he went to LeBron. I mean, not Karyasi, but uh, Anthony Davis. Karyasi Towns is the next Anthony Davis. You guys all put your stuff in there, like you look, you're picking out. You know, the tooth fairy or some fantasy thing. It's all nerd stuff. I hate the soft world. You guys are all soft. And Tom Brady is the embodiment of that, but getting his head coach fired and nobody really calling him on the carpet for it. By retiring and blaming his kids. I honestly have no idea what that phone call is about. I mean, there's a lot there, but he doesn't think Tom Brady... Did Bruce Arians right? I mean, obviously he didn't. <laughs> but you know, who's it's more a quarterback-driven league? Who's more important to the success of the team? Yeah, hey, Tom's the goat. So what the goat wants, the goat gets. And if he goes five and twelve or whatever this year, okay. 
That ain't gonna happen. I, I'm, yeah. I know I it's know, not. But even if you don't, it's one year on a Hall of Fame career. Like, yeah. And he mentioned Brett Favre. Yeah, Brett Favre forced his way out of Green Bay. Mm-hmm. He was the first person to really do this by yeah. faking retirements and mulling it over. I mean, he wanted to go to Minnesota and took a pit stop in, with the Jets to get where he wanted to go eventually. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he... Dude's an Iron Man. Played through a broken ankle, basically, and still almost got them to mm-hmm. an NFL Super Bowl. It's incredible. I, Brett Favre is one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. So, phone lines are open if you want to join. 656-ESPN-656-3776. It is a beautiful day in college basketball. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The Battle of Tobacco Road. Is it the greatest rivalry in sport? Not even close. Oh, I guess we'll have to debate that next right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning and welcome into hour number two of The Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. We are ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I'm James Pledger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson. Jack, mm-hmm. yesterday was fun. Yesterday was fun because we heard from Sham Sharania mm-hmm. and multiple outlets, and it's going to be av- unveiled officially today during the Final Four. Yeah. We got another Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. One of those banners hanging up in the rafters is going to have to come down to get Hall of Fame put on that banner before they put that jersey number back up in the rafters, the same way they did with Tim. David, they, Manu Ginobili, in his first year of eligibility, is going in as a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is joined by Tim Hardaway, Swain, George Carl, mm-hmm. and Huggy Bear. He is the headliner of this class. Absolutely. He is the last person to speak. He is what the night is all about. And I think it it's beautiful how it's happened in terms of next year's class, Tony Parker's eligible. I think he gets in, but he's definitely not the headliner. No, Tony's in, without a doubt. Yeah, but it, have you looked at next year's? I have not. It's pretty pretty bolstered class. Yeah, it, it's a, it, there, he may have to wait a year. May. I'm not uh, saying he does. I don't think he will. I'm not saying he does, but there's the possibility. Because the only reason I don't think he will is because it's not NBA Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's basketball, mm-hmm. and Tony is without a doubt, I would say, easily a top 10 international player of all time. Maybe maybe top five, depending on what your list looks like, but I think Tony's first ballot. But I, it's not nearly as concrete as, you know, Manu was... So Without a you've doubt. got Tony, mm-hmm. and you say it's he could take the international one, but that is also Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki in that class. Well, those are absolutely the headliners. Exactly. So, like I said, Dirk could probably take the the international while Dwayne takes the NBA, and then you've got the WNBA and the coaches. Now, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, mm-hmm. but that is a stacked class. So if he doesn't get in... I understand. Yeah. But at the same time, it just 
the way that it happened to where Tony is going to be the other guy in that Hall of Fame class, right? Yeah. Tim is kind of just low-key. Uh, he is on the greatest power forward of all time. Yeah. One of the best basketball pl- players of all time. Goes into probably one of the greatest induction classes of all time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Tim and Kobe can't really beat Tim, that. Kobe, yeah. Garnett. Like, yeah. it was a stacked class. Like, it was one of the greatest mm-hmm. individual classes Absolutely. that I've ever seen go in. And that's perfect because he deserves to be among his peers, but also the person he is, it allows him to just kind of not be the focal point of the of the weekend either. Yeah. Right? It was it's perfect, perfect for Tim. Tim. Yeah, it was. This is also perfect. Like, well, like, well, that's perfect Tim, and next year could be just perfect Tony in terms of you're the other guy of the big three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's never been... Tony, uh, Tim, and Manu, or it's always been Tim, Tony, and Manu, right? But Manu has always had a special connection to the city of San Antonio. I've always felt like he was the most beloved spur of the big three. Mm-hmm. While Tim was the greatest player, everybody loved Manu, and Manu was everybody's favorite player because of the way he played, the... Uh, Argentinian influence and the language and just the flair. The Spurs had never had anyone. It was that the flair played like that. It was the flair, no doubt, bringing the Euro step. But I also think he embodied what the city believes, which yeah. is hard work, mm-hmm. laying out for loose balls. Like final game of the season doesn't mean nothing. I'm sticking my hand in there and getting it snapped. Yeah. So that my elbows hyperextended and we lose to the Grizzlies as a 1v8. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's just the way he plays. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be all out. That's kind of who he was. And I love the fact that he gets to headline mm-hmm. a class. I do too. I think it's really cool. What say you? 656 ESPN 656 3776 on the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines. James dialed him. I like him already. James, what are some of your favorite Manu moments, man? Uh, yeah, my favorite, my all time favorite moments uh, was game five of the 2015 finals when he just posterized yep. Chris Bosch. Baptized and, him. When I was watching that game, and <laughs> when he did that, Bosch, it was like, yeah. This series is over. It's ending tonight. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was at a friend's house. I think it was the 2017 season when the Spurs played the Rockets. And one of my best friends was a diehard Rockets fan. And I'm a diehard Spurs fan. Right, so you and got good made, friends, too. Yeah, and we made a <laughs> promise that, hey, if the Rockets and Spurs ever play each other, we're getting together to watch these games. And he was so heartbroken when Manu blocked Harden at the end of Game 5. That was beautiful. Snatched his soul. uh, (laughs) Yep. And, you know, I'm just, I was very happy to hear that Manu's going to be a Hall of Famer, but I'm also pleasantly surprised that he's going in on the first ballot because Mm -hmm. there have been some great players, even recently, like like Reggie Miller, who didn't get in on first-year eligibility. Reggie had to wait till his second year of eligibility. And uh, one last thing, and I'll hear your guys' thoughts, is that a lot of people focus on the fact that Manu led Argentina to the gold medal Mm -hmm. in 2004. Yeah. 
But they forget that he also led Argentina to the bronze medal in the 2008 Olympics. Mm -hmm. Against tougher teams. His uh, accolades. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So so I'll just listen to y'all's thoughts. Appreciate the phone call, James. Thanks for calling in this morning. Yeah, I've always said Manu could have never played a second in the NBA. And he is still a, a Hall of Famer. Like, his yeah. international career alone and Olympic career makes him a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's probably the best, like... International? Olympic? Yeah, exactly, yeah. the best. That's the best way to put it, because the best international player is Dirk. But the best international... Did Dirk play a lot internationally, though? Not... I mean, like, international into the... like. NBA oh, wise, okay, okay. international player. I see what you're saying. But like, as far as like Olympic games, FIBA games, Manu's the best ever. He's the best to ever represent his country. Yes, a gold and a bronze against you know. You can miss me with all the golds that J- uh, LeBron James has racked up in his Olympic career. Yeah, no, because you're you he's playing with the 12 best players in the entire world on his team. Like the fact that, that LeBron didn't win a gold yeah. when they lost to Argentina, mm-hmm, that's, that says more yeah, than all the golds exactly, he won. Exactly, exactly. So that moment right there, like that cemented Manu as a first ballot Hall of Famer right there. Because he did that with Fab, right? The be- second best player on that team was Luis Scola. Luis Scola, Fabricio, uh-huh. Manu... Um. Well, that was 08, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, 08 or... Yeah, 08. I'm trying to remember who all was on that team. Um, Costa Rica had Beret on it, right? Back mm-hmm. then? But, man, yeah, there was a whole bunch of not a lot. Like, there were some serviceable NBA players, like you mentioned, Skola being the second best player on that team, yeah. Bob being a part of it. But other than that, there wasn't a lot of NBA talent rolling around no. on that team. And he beat a team that was, you know, had LeBron James and Tim Duncan on it. Yeah. Literally, yeah, two of the top five best players of all time. And it wasn't just two of the five. You could argue, I think Allen Iverson was a part of that team. Mm-hmm. Like, they had, like, that Team USA team is the reason that mm, the other players they on- started to take basketball more seriously. Yeah. Like that loss to Argentina in, in the Olympics, mm-hmm. that was the reason that, that, that Team USA started going to FIBAs, getting people indoctrinated to the team early. Yeah. Like there, there is a reason that USA started taking this more seriously, and Manu Ginobili is that reason. Yeah, it was. so it was Manu... Scola. Scola. Carlos Delfino. <laughs> All right. Pablo Prigioni. Andreas Nocioni. Oh, I forgot about Nocioni. Yeah, those were the NBA players on that team. <laughs> That's it. That yeah. was the list. That's it. <laughs> Delfino, and he won Fabrizio, a gold with that. Scola, now, Manu, Prigioni, and Nocioni. Now look up the uh, the USA roster in 2008 because this is. This is interesting because compare that team to what USA rolled out there and didn't win with. That's the more that's the more impressive feat. I so think. the USA team had 
where is it? Oh, here we go. Mello, Boozer, Bosch, Kobe, Dwight Howard, LeBron, J. Kidd, Chris Paul, Tayshawn Prince, Michael Red, Dwayne Wade, and Darren Williams. <laughs> and they lost to Prigioni and Nocioni. Nocioni. <laughs> Let's face it, they lost to Manu. And they lost to Manu, but I mean, <laughs> those guys had to guard players too. So. So that's that's just probably the greatest upset of all time. Yes, that is USA versus Russia or the mm-hmm. USSR at the yeah. time in hockey. That is, do you believe in miracles? That's literally a miracle. It's incredible. Yeah, it truly is. Manu and I look as a Rockets fan, I get it. The Harden block is one of the best things. It his ability to miss. And take uh, a, a an attempted block at the first mm-hmm. shot attempt. Yeah, to which he steps under, steps through, mm-hmm. and gets it to the shot he really wants. Yeah, his ability to land, recoup, locate, yeah, turn, and then get a clean block from behind. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and some that, of the best body control we've ever seen in the NBA. It's insane watching Manu. And here's the best thing that I could say about Manu. Because left-handers always look weird to me. Like, their shooting stroke always looks weird. Never really put two and two together that Manu was a lefty. Mm-hmm. Like, I never recognized it's the just fact... just so fluid. Yeah. Like, his shot didn't seem weird to me. No, I agree. And that's awesome. <laughs> because I, I don't know what it is. Like... People used to talk about lefty strokes and how beautiful they are. And the, the, Brandon Rush was a guy that they talked about. Like, yeah, that. I hated his shot. Like, it looked <laughs> weird to me. Yeah, Manu, I never put two and two together. I was like, oh, he's left-handed. Like, I'm always reminded during the broadcast, mm-hmm. going to the left. You know, you got to stop him from going left because he's a lefty. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> but his three was beautiful. Like, yeah. I loved his shot. It mm-hmm. was wet. It looked good. And I'm about that. <laughs> Absolutely. 656 ESPN 656377. Well, damn. Dang. Missed me with that. Sorry, Psycho <laughs> War. Wow. That, that's not great. I'm so sorry. That's about why I don't that. drive a truck. <laughs> um, when we come back, it's the NCAA title game. Ooh, it is baby. Final Four time. Yeah. And you're going to have to explain to me how. Your comments at the I end of the first misspoke. hour. I okay. misspoke. I misspoke. I misspoke. Just lay it out for me. Yes. When we get back, how it's not even close when I asked if the, there was another rivalry better than this, and you said it's not even close. I was like, oh, we'll find out what Jack meant when we come back right here on the Saturday morning hangover, right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. I am James Pudger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson, a little Catronada to get you going this morning, who, by the way, I found out is playing at Float Fest. Yeah, he usually plays there, and uh, I saw him once at, man, what I saw him is at that ACL festival? One. I can't remember what it's called, but I've seen him before, too. Now... 
it's a huge, huge day in college hoops. Mm-hmm. This is probably the biggest Final Four that I can remember since the Longhorns actually made the Final Four. I think four. this is the biggest college game I can remember. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like just in general. Like, like I was trying to think. I was like, nope, nope, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> just because the sheer importance versus the... The rivalry, and is there a better rivalry in sport than Duke-North Carolina? I I throw that out there because there are great rivalries in sport. Mm-hmm. Yankees-Red Sox is a fantastic rivalry yeah. in sports. Michigan-Ohio um, State. Michigan-Ohio State's another Alabama-Auburn. Alabama-Auburn. You look at, uh, even in the Premier League. Man City-Man U. Mm-hmm. You, you look at Liverpool and Chelsea. Yeah. You... Look, stateside in the NFL, Mm -hmm. the Cowboys and the the, Eagles, the Eagles, the Cowboys and and the Redskins Mm -hmm. back in the day, Cowboys Niners. Yeah. Like great historic rivalries between two teams. A lot of them involve the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steelers Ravens. Yeah. Another great rivalry. Absolutely. You look at uh, Chiefs Raiders. It's a fantastic rivalry throughout the years. This one's up there, man. Like, mm-hmm. in, in basketball, this is the rivalry to me. Yeah. And I, I would argue it might be the rivalry in sport. No, I agree. I completely misspoke earlier when I said it's not close. I meant nothing comes close <laughs> okay. to Duke, North Carolina. The schools are eight miles apart in the same state. They're... Two of the blue bloods of the entire, you know, college basketball landscape. They have. And if you were to mention blue bloods in college hoops, it's Duke, UNC. Duke, UNC, Kentucky, Indiana. Indiana. I don't. Blue. Indiana is not a blue blood anymore, but at one point they definitely were. I, I think. I don't think you lose that classification. I think that you do, man. You you do. Yeah. Because I think UCLA. UCLA is still one. It's Duke. UCLA, Kentucky, mm-hmm. North Carolina. That's why I say Indiana, just because it. those are the teams, when I think basketball, those are the teams I think about. Even though Indiana hasn't been good in a mm-hmm. decade, I still think about Indiana hoops, because Indiana's the home of basketball, basically. Yeah. Like, you think basketball, you think Indiana, you think... Uh, what uh, uh, Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree. But there's That's only the only a handful reason, of yeah. them. There's only a handful of them in the entire United States. And those Duke UNC are the premier eight miles apart. They are. This is the hundredth career meeting between Coach K mm-hmm. and you know UNC. They are Duke is fifty and forty nine. So. This game could tie it up. It could give Duke the edge by two. I mean, it's the Final Four. It's Coach K's last Final Four. Duke just lost to UNC in their senior game at Duke. They didn't just lose. They got smacked around. They got smacked. So this has every storyline. Every storyline. And I still find it absolutely insane that in the history of the tournament these two teams have never met in the tournament well part of that is because 
you know, they always line them up on separate sides, so hopefully they can meet in the championship. This is just the worst UNC has been seeded in quite a long time. So they just fell into Duke's side, but yeah, there was one other, I want to say it was like 91 or 92, where they almost met mm -hmm. in the championship, but they both fell short, so. But yeah, this is it, man. This is this is what college basketball is about, for sure, and I am elated. A any sort of adjective you could think of. And you think about the history that this game has produced, mm -hmm. whether it's it's Carter, Jerry Stackhouse, uh, I mentioned Montrose and mm -hmm. Tyler Hansborough mm -hmm. earlier, uh, Michael Jordan, yeah. you, you, Christian Leitner, Bobby Hurley, uh, Grant Hill, uh, Carlos Boozer, Carlos Boozer, Mike Dunleavy, Jason uh, Tatum, J yeah, um, JJ Redick, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, and then on the UNC side, you've got Joel Berry, yeah, Marcus Page. Like, so many great, great players. Josh Jackson. Like, so many great college players have come out of this program. Jay Williams. Yeah, Jay Will. <laughs> Zion. R.J. Barrett. <laughs> like, the, the the list goes on and on and on. And Between these two schools. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I, like, Duke UNC is one of the reasons I really got in to, mm -hmm. like, basketball yeah. and college hoops and that was the reason for me like i grew up loving duke and there was just always that different aura around this game that no other game really in sports to me has created. the same feeling yeah created it's just something different and i am so excited for tonight i would argue that alabama auburn borders on that UTA&M UT used to be like that God, it, it did it did used to be like New that. UTA&M used to be like that. I miss that so much. I miss the feeling of that game. Mm -hmm. Like the week of that yeah. game. Like when it was game week. There was just a different feel mm -hmm. to how your week was going. It's always the in-state that makes it makes it better. I think so too. And it, it can't be forced in-state. Like no. Texas, Texas Tech, that feels forced. It's forced. Uh, especially after A and M left, they tried to force it, mm -hmm. and not it a rivalry. Just, it didn't fit. Baylor mm -hmm. doesn't fit. Like, no, nothing else fit the way that Texas and Texas A and M fit. Yeah, I agree. And Duke UNC, this is going to be such. I think this is going to be one of the most watched basketball games of all time. Yeah, all time. I agree. I completely agree. Overshadows everything. It overshadows everything, including the other Final Four game, which is Villanova, Kansas. Yeah. And what's crazy is these four teams have blue the bloods. most. Kansas Final... is a blue blood. Villanova is also a blue blood. Yes, but so is Kansas. Kansas even bigger than Nova and bigger than Indiana. Yeah, I would agree. Kansas is as blue blood as it gets. But these four teams account for, I want to say, 46 Think final four appearances between all four Roy, something Roy crazy Williams like that coached at two of those blue bloods yeah it's wild that is wild i didn't even think about that until just now i was like Roy, Roy williams was unc and kansas mm -hmm. <laughs> just amazing yeah he is jack thompson i am james pledger remember we got the post up coming up next at 11 o'clock we'll go 11 to noon get you caught up on all the hoops news including the nba with the san antonio spurs who are Currently, 
sitting in the playing tournament. Tenth seed, baby. It is what it is. Well, we're going to talk about that next, right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I am James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson. San Antonio Spurs currently sit 10th in the Western Conference. They have now put a full game in between them and the Lakers as the yeah. Lakers ended up losing to the Pelicans last night while the Spurs completely decimated the... Is it disrespectful to even call them a G League team? Yes. <laughs> I will say it again. The Portland Trailblazers. this roster, it's the worst one I've ever seen. I'm not going to disagree with you. It is absolutely terrible. <laughs> but it is a it is a team the Spurs get to play again. So great. they're going to feast on this team for a couple uh, more de- times before the end of the season. A, maybe pad that lead a little bit more as they get ready to head down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Part of what's so satisfying about this for Spurs fans and whether you you've been on team tank or not whatever it may be a it's it's fun to cheer for games that matter late in the season mm-hmm. even if those games won't matter past the end of the season yeah. like once you're in the play in tournament even if you make it you're playing phoenix so like it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of the end of the road there yeah but it is nice to be able to have something to have a vested interest in. Mm-hmm. It's been a few years since Spurs fans have had that, I think. Yeah. Like, it, games down the stretch haven't meant as much. And this is nice. Agreed. It is also detrimental. It is. <laughs> a tad detrimental. And, I look, I get it. You can find Giannis Antetokounmpo. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Bucks did. Somebody did. There's only one of that guy. Yeah, I mean, you find a Manu Ginobili, you find a Tony Parker, you you find a Kawhi Leonard, We're you find about a Devin Booker. Freaking Hall of Famers right now, man. I'm aware, but <laughs> it, you find a Nikola Jokic. <laughs> like it can mm-hmm. happen. I'm not saying it can't. It's a yes. needle in a haystack. You are finding a needle in a haystack, and yes, there are busts at the top. Anthony Bennett comes to mind. Right right off the top. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of good players selected in the top five all the time, too. And I would venture to guess, when you start looking around the league, a lot of the really good players probably take in the top five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just how it goes. There is a better success rate. And what are you doing with the draft? It is about odds. What is the stat you read to me earlier? Four years ago. Four years ago. The Suns, the Grizzlies, and the Mavericks were the worst teams in the NBA. They are now the three best teams. And now they are the three they have the three best records in the league. You know why? Because they picked high. They got two number one picks, Ja and Luca. Ja was two. Ja was two, Luca was one. No, Luca was three. Was he three? I can't recall. I think he was three. But but top five. Yeah. Mm. Top five picks. DeAndre Ayton, Ayton. Number one overall. Yep. 
I mean, they did it right. They And you can even say the Warriors. Yeah. When you're a struggling team, the best way to get better is, you know, you suck for one year. You suck out loud for one year. You go picking that top five, get you someone who's bona fide, star bound. Couple- and I'll tell you, watching a guy who my my rocket sucked out loud for, mm-hmm. I like the development of Jalen Green. Thirty three points last night. I like the deve- <laughs> development of Jalen Green. He is starting. He's a star, to man. Get- yeah, that's a future NBA star right there. And that's what you do, man. You got to put up with it for a couple years, but the fruits of your labor will come and. We've seen it. Quick four-year turnaround for these teams. And now all three of those teams have a viable shot to go win it all. Proof's in the pudding, man. Spurs fans, you got to look towards the future. It's more than one season. It's more than two seasons. Can't just turn it around in one or two. It takes time to get back to that championship-level pedigree. We'll see what we do with this offseason. Well, there's nothing they can do this offseason unless they go buy a... Yeah, that's what it's going to take. Top, We're going to have to buy some Top three guy. Yeah. Who? Because they are going to have cap space. Yeah, we'll have a ton of cap space. A ton of cap space. Is there space. anybody you would covet that would make this team better? I mean, off the bat... God bless you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Off the bat, players that come to mind that immediately jump us into that you know top level team because the Suns did that. Mm-hmm. The Suns did do that. They went and got a Chris Paul, and that catapulted them on their rise. Um, the Mavs got a uh, drafted a Luca. The the Grizz drafted a job, which by the way, twenty and two. It's just, a, it's just an insane stat to it think is. how good Ja is and how good they are without him. Really, the only two players that come to mind... Yeah, that, it's not that, a great free agent class. It's really not. That immediately catapult us, you know, back into playoff run contention would be Aiton and Zach Levine. And the chances of us getting either one of those guys are, you know, fairly slim. But we've got the money to throw at them. And there are, you know, we just saw Zach Levine signed to New Balance, mm-hmm. which DeJounte is also the head guy of New Balance. So there's a little something there, you know, something to grasp at. <laughs> you're, you're grasping, all right? Yeah. Um, Aiton, <laughs> you know, he's a free agent, but he's going to want that. He's going to want the max. He's going to want the max. And, I mean, Levine's going to want a max, too, so... Levine, I can argue, is worth the max. Yeah. I would say Aiton. Aiton's worth the max. He's had a pretty damn good is year. He? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, he's averaging 17 and 10 with two blocks, 65 field goal percentage. Pretty dang good. Okay. Well, I, it's. You don't think about Aiton when you think about the Suns. I know he's their number one pick. I know he's a defensive anchor. Yeah. But. You think about Booker. But you think about Bridges. You think about Chris Paul. I think about Jay Crowder. I don't really think about DeAndre Ayton when I think about the Suns that much. I just don't. He's not the first guy that comes to mind. He's not the fourth guy that comes to mind. It's because they have Book and CP3. If you put Ayton on the Spurs, I mean, I think 
you hear about him a lot more for sure. Okay. I think he, with us, with more touches, he's easily a, a 20 plus and 10 kind of guy. Because a lot of the times what he's getting points wise for the Suns is the garbage buckets, you know, offensive rebounds, putbacks, lobs, stuff like that. He's not really let's run a set, throw it into Aiton and see what he can do. And he's restricted, so the Suns can match. They can match, and I fully expect them to, you know, throw money back at him. So those are really the only two guys that we They're could. They're both restricted, aren't they? Um, Is Levine restricted too? Let's see. I'm just wondering out loud. Obviously. I truly, I don't know. It doesn't say right here. Is is um, irrelevant? But is Dejounte a clutch guy? Is he a clutch sports guy? I think he is. Dejounte and and Keldon, and Keldon are both clutch. Well, so is Zach Levine. Oh. And those clutch players, they do like to so are you saying, clump them. Are you saying Keldon and Dejounte may leave for Chicago? No. <laughs> Because neither of those two are free agents. But you know, the clutch you know, clutch guys run together. So one of the main reasons DeJounte was put into the Well, I never shot anyone down about Zach Levine. I don't remember that coming out of my mouth. I love Zach Levine. But I think it's more of a I don't believe he'll be Yeah, here. I mean I truly don't, but I'm just saying those are the two guys that you could go get off the street. That would make... You a, could, theoretically. I mean, there's Brad Beal, too, and, you know, Kyrie's a free agent, James Harden's a free agent, but none of those guys are coming to the Spurs. Miles Bridges, also a free agent. Pretty like dang Bridges. good. Like me some Bridges, but we kind of already have a Bridges in Keldon, mm-hmm. so I don't think we go for him. And then after that, it's a bunch of, you know, role players. A bunch, bunch of Doug McDermott's. A little bit higher than that. I mean, you've got Brunson, Anthony Simons, Colin Sexton, Yusuf Nurkic, and then you get into the uh, Bobby Portis, you know? Maybe we go get Bobby Portis. <laughs> we like, make another run at we, Bobby Portis? <laughs> Do we start driving that train again? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's had a career year, man. Uh, Bobby Portis has been nice. Oh, I'm aware. We we were the captains wanted, of go get Bobby Portis. We were. Office. We absolutely were. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's not a whole lot to look at in this free agent class that I turns you I around. I didn't realize we were gonna have to put that train back on. I'll, I'll the start. Tracks. I'll start driving that train again. <laughs> I had no clue we were gonna need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you said he's not coming, so I digress. It, that makes sense because I don't feel that he would come to San Antonio. It would be incredible. It would. Unlikely. Unlikely, but if we got someone like Zach Levine, that would that would be incredible. That would be the biggest free agent the Spurs have ever got. That would overlap Lamarcus in my eyes. Yeah, I think so. Because Lamarcus was huge, but he was also in his thirties. Yeah, he wasn't primed like Zach Levine is. Zach Levine is still yeah in his twenties, still in his, in his prime, ascending. ascending. Yeah, becoming better every year. So. And you can say the same thing about Aiton. Yeah, absolutely. Aiton's younger than Zach Levine. But big men age differently, too. They do, absolutely. (laughs) He is Jack Thompson. I am James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM.
Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I'm James Pledger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson. Don't forget, coming up at the top of the hour, we've got the post up as we get you ready for all things hoops, including the newest kicks that are about to drop in our Out of Bounds segment. So don't forget to hang around for that. We're talking about ways the Spurs can improve this offseason despite not having a top pick. And mm-hmm. free agency, obviously, one of those guys. Lamar Holtz on our YouTube live feed says, Grew up with DeJounte, Seattle boys, referring yeah. to Zach Levine. I didn't know that. He grew up in Renton, Washington, a little city right outside of Seattle. So we've got Seattle Connection, Clutch, Clutch guys, and New Balance boys. I mean, there's something to grasp at there. You, I mean, there it, is. It feels like you're grasping still. There like, is though, but there's something. There's there. something like there's there's something right there. Like I don't know how attainable that something is, but th- there's something there. Yeah, there's something there. <laughs> Esteban Ramon says, "What about trading for John Collins or Miles Turner, a legit four or five? Yeah, I'm in. The thing is, the Pacers. Gave away Sabonis to keep Turner, mm-hmm. so I think they're. I think they're going to keep. They're kind of locked in with him. I mean, they've made good improvements to that team. That would be a big detriment to them. I don't. I think it would take a lot to go get Turner. It would probably take Jakob to go trade for Turner. Miles mm-hmm. or John Collins, on the other hand, they signed to this big bag, and still there's kind of seems to be a disconnect between them and the team. What it takes to go get John Collins, I mean, it would probably take a lot. It would it would take a lot. So Does it seem like they're dumb with him? Like, they signed him to the... It feels like there's some instant regret. It does. It, it really does seem like there's some instant regret. I mean, we saw this... this uh, Hawks team go to the Eastern Conference Finals last year on the back of Trey Young, and mm-hmm. they have supremely digressed this year. I mean, they're barely sitting at the eighth seed. I want to say, uh, tenth, tenth, even worse. They're the tenth seed. So they are the Spurs of the East, and they have a much better roster than we do. <laughs> much. So there's been some significant digression in that team. So I could see them wanting to know, you know, maybe switch some stuff up. And we've but talked about the logjam they have. See, at, that's at that's what I'm saying. I d- between him, Hunter, Onyeka, Onyeka Kongwu. Uh, there's another one, Clint Capella. Cl- well, that's a five. Um, they just drafted uh, John Collins' clone. I gotta look up their roster. Oh God! Because we wanted him here. The the kid from was it North Carolina? No, they didn't have anyone go league last year. Oh God! This is gonna this is going to annoy me. Oh, Jalen Johnson, Duke yeah. boy, Duke boy, yeah. Duke. I knew it was Tobacco Road. <laughs> they've got yeah. So they've got Onyeka, Jalen, Hunter, Daniel Gallinari. Collins. John Collins, all sitting at that power forward spot. It's a logjam of talent. It's a logjam, for sure. But the thing is, the rest of their team is made up of guards, which is what, really, we'd have to offer them. They've got Bogdan. They've got Trey. Herder. 
They've got Hunter, who's also a guard. They've got Trey. I mean, yeah, I guess they could use more guards, actually, now that I look at their roster. But, I mean, it would take to go get John Collins, it would take our lottery pick. It would take a Devin or a Keldon or a Lonnie or someone of that regard. And probably someone else, too. You think Kel- Keldon's got to go? They would want him, for sure. I I know they want him. Honestly, I think... I mean, they've got a lot of forwards. I would think you they would, part with him, though? Not Keldon. No, I don't think I would give Keldon up. Because I like what I'm seeing from Keldon yeah. right in the year. Uh, Keldon's had a better season than John Collins. Yeah, John Collins is 16 points a game right now, 52%. What's he shooting from three this year? Let's see, this year he's shooting a hey, 36% from three-point. That's mm-hmm. pretty dang solid. Keldon, our, our, our four, is shooting pretty good from three, too. Yeah. I still want Keldon to be the three so badly. You and me both, we've talked about this. So badly. Uh, Esteban Ramon says, can we talk about how we're supposed to keep the same energy for LeBron's team in the post-up coming up? Oh, we're keeping that energy. <laughs> the Lakers are... Hot trash. Hot trash. Hot trash. And I never want to hear the glass man known as Anthony Davis ever oh, spoken. Oh, street clothes? What's that? Street clothes? Yeah. Street clothes AD ever mentioned in the same breath as Tim Duncan ever again. But I thought they were, you know. Tim Duncan would eat his lunch. It would be terrible. He would destroy Anthony Davis. So <laughs> never want to hear that again. If the if the Hawks truly are mm-hmm. looking at buyer's remorse with John Collins, mm-hmm. yes, they will want something in return. You do have a ton of draft picks this year and in the future. Mm-hmm. Is there a package you can put together for a team that may be, just be looking to get that money off their books that doesn't include players? That doesn't include players? Mm-hmm. Probably I'm just not. wondering. Probably not. I don't think. I mean, it would probably take all three of our firsts to go get them, but still, I feel like they would want a player. Okay. I don't think there's a package we could go, unless we're giving them like our first this year, our early first this year, and our early first next year, maybe. But still. But with Collins, that early first may not be an early first. That's true. No, but what I'm... Oh, that's... Yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think there's a, a possibility that we could get him without losing a Devin, a Keldon, and a Lonnie. I think it would take two two players and a pick to go get him. So, I don't know if that's worth it. I mean, maybe a Devin and a... And a Alani in our first to go get him. Okay. And that way, you know, we can resupplement the guard spot because, you know, the throw, draft. Yeah, in the draft, you throw Jay Rich in the starting lineup with Keldon. And you've got Langford. Langford, you've got Primo. I would, you know, I would, I would entertain a package like that, but past that, like, no Keldon, obviously no DeJounte. I doubt they want Jakob because they've got all those forwards and centers. So, he's Jack Thompson. 
You can follow him on Twitter at Jack underscore Thompson 33. That's where his latest edition on Lockdown Spurs with our mm-hmm. friend Jeff Garcia is. As he joined him, we've got more coming up in the post up right around the corner as we get you caught up on all things between the Final Four, the NBA, the playoffs, and of course, one of our personal favorite segments, Out of Bounds. Out of Bounds. That's all coming up right here. Thanks for joining us on the Saturday Morning Hangover. Up next, we got the post up.